السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته معكم أخوكم عبد الله عبد العزيز محمد مشوقات كلاسي والدكتورة مريم كليد أهلا عبد الله this was the perfect intro Hello and welcome to our podcast Dialogues of Light Today's topic is very interesting Yes, and uh, and I think it's a beautiful way to start the podcast uh, with our journeys of embracing light and and falling in love with Islam. Um, so I'm excited. So my name is Abdullah Mzogat, and this is Maryam, Maryam Ktet. <laughs> and we are here to tell you guys our story with falling in love with Islam. <laughs> Dun, 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 dun. So we think it's really important or it was really interesting when we first shared our stories with each other um, and we talked about what it was like and our experience with rediscovering and relearning Islam all over again. Um, because as kids, and I think the story is very common with, I think, a lot of people, we were taught Islam through fear. It was very intimidating it was very scary in general yeah and and i feel uh maybe at the time um our parents or at the education system were doing the best they could but they were taught islam that way too so they they were taught to fear instead of love and i think uh as they kind of taught us islam with the same method um we kind of grew out of love with Islam for some time um and we had to relearn how that journey is and how to fall in love uh with with uh, our faith and our religion and also just to explore our own relationship with the creator and with Islam yeah and i think it's important to note in the very beginning that we're not advocating for any certain religion we're not saying that this one is better than the other or what we believe in is the best or our way of practicing Islam is the right way. What we're sharing is our journey with Islam, how we find Islam and how we re-embrace Islam and all of its gifts for us personally. Yeah, and and the beauty of um, connecting to the light within is that you will see it everywhere in any faith, in any religion, in any practice or teaching it's just about you finding it within you and learning how to connect through the light and as maybe that sounds ambiguous right now but maybe as we share our stories it will get clearer <laughs> definitely which is a good segue into your story <laughs> so tell us how was your experience uh with first the falling out of love and that part and that journey. Okay, the the falling out of it was a very harsh harsh time in my life. I remember um, um, feeling very rejected, uh, and also I was in a place where I was rejecting myself. So I was judging myself. I was criticizing myself. Um, it has to do with your personality too. So like, if you're a perfectionist, you might be you know like hard on yourself. Uh, when it comes to right and wrong and good and bad and um, and um, being connected to the creator. So 
for me, it used to be in order for me to connect to the creator, I need to be, you know, one, I don't know, tajba, two, I have to pray five times a day, three, I have to da da da, you know, like I had the list of prerequisites in order for me to connect to the creator. And every time I would fall off one of those wagons or just, you know, uh, choose something else, I would start building up all those negative stories in my mind about uh, my connection with the creator, which would lead to me feeling disconnected or rejected. And, and that kept building up until one day I had to, I just felt there's no place for me in, in, in the creator's life. That was very hard. And, um, and yeah, uh, and I guess going through that led me to question, I'm sure there's another way since the creator created me, he knows how to guide me back to, to the light, to his path, to, to whatever, to peace, to, to salam, but mainly to, to accepting myself too. And once I asked that question, that's why my journey, that's when my journey towards the light started. And it's really important to note that little part of once you lost it and then you had faith in God that you were going to reach at some point and being very calm and finding the light. It's really important this little moment because you were going through something and then you reached a point where you're like, okay, there is something better. So in that moment, you decided that there is better, that I am going to go and seek out what is better for me and I'm going to start learning what is better. And we refer to this a lot as the dark night of the soul moment. Yes, definitely. I didn't know it was called that at the time, but it was literally the darkest. Um, and I was, I was like, the, my, my, my mind, my soul, my body just felt this is not the truth. You know, even if it feels like the truth right now to me, but it's not the truth because I know that I am loved and I know that I'm accepted and I know that... I am supported beyond measure, but at that time it didn't feel that way. So I just had to ask for it, and uh, and then it started shifting. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Abdullah? <laughs> Oof. Um, so before I start, let's just define what the dark night of the soul is, and I think once we just paint a picture of what it is, Yumkin, everyone would realize that they've been through it at one point one point or another so for me the dark night of the soul is the moment where you realize nothing is working and you are in a hole and you feel like this is the deepest point in this hole there is no deeper you can go in and it's the deepest in pain the deepest in sadness the deepest in just all these negative emotions and once you look up or when they say there's no way out but up, that is your rising out of the dark night of the soul. So to me, dark night of the soul is this entire journey of being at the lowest point of your life and then rising. Yeah, and, and what's important to note also is that not everyone has to go through a dark night of the soul to connect to the creator or to connect to light. You can make the choice to embrace the, the creator and to love yourself and to accept yourself every step of the way it's just that in my case for example i 
I had developed that negative pattern of fear and of rejection every time I would make a mistake or every time I would perceive myself as wrong or bad or good or, or, you know, like when I would judge myself. Mm. That kind of facilitated the process of me going into the dark night of the soul, which then led to something beautiful, but not everyone has to go through that. And this is probably why we're one of the reasons we're, we're talking about this so that someone's, you know, tipping into that darkness one way or the other, or had learned to connect to Islam or to the creator through fear. Um, that just to know that there's a different possibility and, um, that you can do it through light and love and kindness and rahma. Yeah, 100%. So my story with falling out of love was the moment I learned that whatever I am is not allowed. Whatever I am is not loved. Whatever I am is not allowed to be loved. And that was like the moment... I think my entire world crashed around me um, because you realize so many different questions for this young little boy to be asking and no one's able to answer. You hear people telling you that Allah is all merciful. Allah is, he, uh, Allah loves all his creations. Allah is full of love and full of light. And then you're telling me he condemned me to a life in hell so what is it that means anything i do as a good human being as a good muslim is gonna have me end up in hell so like what is the the whole point of all of this you can't tell me that this is the qada or that this is the qadar or that you need to work through it have imtihanik in the world how is it imtihan in the world like you know um, so that was the biggest confusion for me. And that was the the point where I was like, I'm done with this. This is not for me. I don't understand this. You guys are not making any sense. Because that was also an important point to note that I was learning it through people. I wasn't learning it from the source. And everyone was saying, la, 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 my story, my story, my story. So a lot of suppression, a lot of oppression a lot of like all these different things that I w- that I was taking on and putting on myself and then that was the point where I'm like okay I'm done with this I don't need it don't need it I'm gonna go find something I need and I believe in and I want and that kept happening for like I think this happened in grade four five ish and it continued on until 2016 I would say yeah. And then? And then. <laughs> and then, and then. So this is the point of discovery and the point of enlightenment. Or actually like the beginning of it. Um, and then, and then. So after uni, 2016 was the year I 2015 was a great year I graduated and then through that year until 2016 was the year I had to do the national service so in that experience um my whole shtick and the beginning part of it was to be um incognito basically I just want to be 
I don't want to exist. I'm going to be the invisible man. I'm just here, my head down, and I'm out. I don't need anyone to talk to me. I don't need anything from anyone. My whole goal was to just blend in and disappear, basically. So you notice how people talk to you, and I noticed how they start approaching you randomly, and there's no sense of boundaries, whatever. But then in the mosque, if anyone is holding the Quran, no one's approaching them. And I'm like, hmm, that is my way out of this. And this is going to be my little place of comfort. So I held the Quran. And I started reading. And I was like, huh, wait. I know. I know this. I remember this. Let me flip the page. Let me go to another. I remember this surah that I really like. So I go to it. I read it. And I'm like, this this is not what I remember the surah goes like. This is not the story I heard before. This is not what it means. Like, it means something completely different to me now. And I was like, okay. Okay, I see what's happening here. And then it's like this flood of... You remember all the good stuff that you started learning. And it's just like, wow, that started it for me at least. But it's also important to to realize that throughout like before getting to that point during my university days that was the whole my exploration phase and that was my whole coming into myself phase kind of um and actually just knowing who I am and just accepting what I am basically and what I like doing and what I want to be doing both like personally and career-wise I guess but yeah this is also important. Just keep that in your mind, you guys, as you listen to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So beautiful because it's when you accepted yourself, then you're ready to receive the information from the Quran directly and, and not doubt the the, the words are, are spoken to you, that the healing you're receiving from it is directly for you and, and to receive the light with, within that the, the text. That's so beautiful. I think the same also ha- uh, the same kind of self acceptance versus self rejection uh, narrative applies to me too uh, because the moment so me lying down in that dark space uh, and asking the creator to help me uh, started my journey of self exploration and, and self self-love and really understanding spirituality so my spirit my purpose um you know healing all the hurts and the pains and my subconscious mind from my childhood um and and then relearning how to love myself only then when i kind of got to that level of i'm completely at peace with myself was i able to receive the peace in Islam and and to fall in love with Islam again. I don't know if that's like directly related or not, but I definitely feel that we are connected to the religions we're born into or that we're choosing. And and if we feel that on a soul level, then then we can choose to connect with them through fear or like a transactional sort of anger energy or through peace and mercy and gratitude and when i started doing that with myself that was kind of the falling back in love with islam um and especially with the quran as you mentioned 
Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to tell you what I think when you said um is it the religion you're born into? So I have a completely different idea of what an actual religion is to me. And this is yani this is to our listeners, this is not in any way belittling what religion is and the importance of religion. Um but to me it's a carrier. So it's a carrier for your message. It's almost like an atsalat or a zoom bot i am it's what you choose as a channel to get to god because like all religions talk the same all the all religions have some sort of source have some sort of creator and different ways of reaching out to the creator and different things so it's literally all your choice and it's a carrier for your own voice to the creator basically that's how i see it that's true i agree i feel um that all the messengers of creator came with with sort of sort of a road map for people in different times and spaces and lands and and but the the energy behind it is very very similar and it's almost the same they're all saying there's one creator you know, love each other, be kind to each other, be kind to yourself, remind yourself of virtue. Um, so I think I definitely I agree with you on that one. Uh, and that's also a personal journey, I think, to spirituality and religion. I remember at the time I used to tell people I'm spiritual, I'm not religious. Um, because it was important for me not to to understand spirituality outside religion first because at the time religion religion was a bit too harsh for me and it was and my relationship with it was one of rejection one of you know fear so i had to kind of step into spirituality first and then connect the dots between religion and spirituality that was my journey um, and that was what worked for me and, and my story and my purpose. But look at that growth. To be able to look back and be like, I used to say this, but it's because na, 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 na. And I said this because of these things, you know, and now you're in a different place. This is the growth, huh? the, who, el, the the rising of the soul, I would say, and being very proud of what you did in your past, you know? Because I, I used to struggle a lot with looking at my past and I'm like, why did I do this? I'm never going to get out of this. But it's just like, it's this growth. Once you look at it, you understand why you did it, why that person in that past did this and said this. Then it's like, okay, great. Thank you for that. I learned my lesson now, you know? Yeah, and I think it's very important to also have a lot of, kindness and compassion and forgiveness for ourselves and all our uh, steps of the journey in the darkness and in the light because that's the creator does that you know so um we need to also remind ourselves like that we really carry the nurtured more than we are punished or hated or whatever all that other stuff yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's so true there's this general sense in the world that you always need to work for it. You always need to push for it. You always need to uh, fight for it, basically. 
which is true to a certain extent, يعني, but when it comes to things that you're taught in Islam, it gets to a point where it's debilitating for you to do anything else. And then you think, I'm not why do I have to do it? At this point, you know? Yeah. And all these little things like, no, I'm not going to do it. We mentioned this earlier, maybe we didn't talk about it today, but um, the way it was taught or like the way it was mandated also like you know um we spoke about the tone of the people in the mosque or even the parents when they're telling their kids to pray and the energy behind it uh, prayers sada came to us as a gift from the creator um it actually came you know on a similar day um to us uh, and and the gift was You have those five times in the day whenever you feel you're like, you know, not feeling uh, connected or you feel you're overwhelmed by life or you feel heavy. You have those five times where you can connect to the creator and feel that love and support and and have that peace. Um, so it was it's a beautiful thing, but sometimes it's taught in a way that makes it heavy instead of light, that makes it. Um, that makes it less less of ibadah uh, and the, makes it less of a spiritual union and more of a chore. It, it's very important to to bring that energy of peace, of nurture, of kindness, because it's an invitation to to embrace the beautiful gift. And the salah was a gift that's given to us um, instead of a chore. So we need to really distinguish that uh, point. That it's, it's a gift for us. It's not something that we're doing for the creator. The creator does not need it. He, he gave us the tool, the gift. And if we choose to use it, good. It's, it's a good thing. Of course, it's fard. It's fard, but not in a sense in a, uh, if you don't do it, you are not a Muslim. It's fard because if you do it, you will understand Islam better and understand the creator better. And I feel that's That's a very important thing to remind ourselves. I remember the first time one of my friends uh, were like, oh, but suddenly she's like, I don't feel like it. And I was like, oh, you know, you can say that. <laughs> and and she was like, yeah, you know, if I don't feel like it and I go and pray, I'm, I'm going to be acting. So, you know, I'd rather do it authentically when I feel like it, that I'm that I'm really connecting to God. And I felt, wow. Who is this woman? Bless her heart. <laughs> oh my God. I heard, I read this thing about rules the other day and having rules for certain things like washing the dishes. Then put them there. Then no, no, no. I do my bed this way. And then it was like, there are no rules to these things. Like, if you really think about it, you create your own rules. Like, I made a rule in Nadazim Aydasani on this chair, and it has to look this way. But it doesn't really have to be this way. I can do this, and I can sit like this and be like, hey, this could this could be my my little shtick, my podcast moment. And it's the same with Salah. Like, God bless her for, not Salah, sorry, not specifically. We're not advocating here for not doing anything. But it's... 
There are no rules, you guys. Basha, you can literally do whatever you want to do. It's all in your head. It's what you've been taught. Yeah, so exactly. It's a personal journey. Yeah, and it's You have to personalize. There is a roadmap, but you have to personalize it based on where you are, how you feel, how how much you can give and receive. beautiful and it's there it's all written you can personalize it it's for you Al-Quran is magic it's like the miracle of it is that everyone can understand whatever they want from it and there are no limits to it so why not apply the same concept to your own life you know it's such a beautiful book and it has all the answers and it has all the healing and the lights that's I mean, for me, I find I found a lot of my answers in the Quran, and I I find it to be alhamdulillah. Uh, it's uh, really I'm very grateful that I found that connection, and I did fall in love with with uh, Islam and Quran again because it was a lonely journey before that, and I think that loneliness it's a it's also within all of us because I read. There was the book about the the first separation. I think that's what it's called, and it's basically when you leave your mother's womb. That that's the th- first physical separation, you know, because you feel like, oh my god, I was like nurtured and held, and then I'm separate. And it's similar to on a soul level, because you're when you're in the other realms with the creator, you feel one and whole, and then that's a big separation, you know, the longing uh, when the soul comes into the physical body. So on a soul level, we're feeling also that the the pain of that separation and that loneliness. And and I guess when you find whatever spiritual path that you choose to lead, you start feeling um, a sense of com- completion or wholeness or a sense of like, alhamdulillah, you know, contentment that everything is taken care of. And I think to me, that was a very important um, journey. Yeah. <laughs> Million. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> I think we can end, not to end this discussion, but like we can go into this little cute realm of discussion. So the question was, since we have a, an, a certain affinity and we're in love with the arts and things that are and that are artful in nature, would you say that our or the power that the Quran had over us was in the fact that it's written like a poem? It's written like a piece of um, I don't want to say a piece of art, but like. It's written in that way. You need to break it down. You need to understand it. Yes. So would you say that was what drew us into it in the first place? Or not? Definitely. Definitely. I think like the beauty of the eloquence and the the magic of the words and the energy they held. Um, And especially when I started learning more about energy and and doing a lot of meditations and learning about all the different, like, uh, algorithms, I guess you call them, or, like, uh, 
uh, sacred geometry and all those like colors and lights and different shapes. So when I started learning more about that, I was able to perceive that in the Quran and that also added to its magic. Of course, acoustically, like from a sound mm. perspective, it's a music, right? Yeah. It's an, I don't know how to say it in another way, but it's a chant um, somehow. Not very musical, but it has a certain way of, of being read. And I think that also has a lot of magic in it that we're still learning. In yoga, we call it um, the nod. So it's the, the sound in the universe and how it resonates and mm -hmm. how it kind of affects your body and your mental health and your spirituality and everything. So so that, the acoustics of it, and also, the, the I think, from a lit literary perspective, the poetic part of it. And yeah, it's a continuous learning journey. <laughs> We're always learning. We're always growing. Wow, I has chi. Okay. So do we want to add anything? Is there anything else that we've missed? Yes. Yes, when we said dialogues of flight, uh, I remember like the first thought that came to both of us was Allahu nuru samawat wal ard. And 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 this this ayah exists in the Quran, you know, it and it sums it all. It just tells you that the creator is the light of everything. Samawat wal ard. The known and the unknown. Yeah. And the way it was written, Kilshay, the the whole thing it was very visual and it was very like it's the only thing i remember in my childhood i'm like what what do you mean light what do you mean it looks like a planet what do you mean it looks like a window in my house like and you can see like you can visualize all this as you're reading it you know and it's just the light you know everyone talks about light we talk about light dialogues of light it's light just like light doesn't matter what carrier you chose for yourself. Just go ahead, خلاص. I don't need to argue with you that salat is better than do, or do is better than salat. I don't know why I went off on this tangent to us, yes. Ah, okay, But yeah, but it's the light is in everything. You know, it's in everything. Every, everything has light in it. Even the darkest moments have light in them. And I guess that's that's why we started to share the Salah because when you're in the darkest place, you think you think there's no light. But then if you calm down and if you just allow yourself and your soul to guide you, you will realize that there's a lot of light. Yeah. Million but a million. Yeah. And if you can't see the light, that means you need to go deeper. That's what I would say. Like, it's okay. Just go embrace that feeling. Just go deeper. And then you're going to reach a point where you're like, aha, wow. Yeah, Abdullah Al-Barha, you, you shared something very powerful with me when I was telling you um, 
I don't know, like, I'm not feeling good about the weakness. Cause I t- took the vaccine and I was feeling weak. And you were like, embrace the weakness. Or what did you say? You're like, ask it? Yes. So my good, I'm going to call her my friend. She's like my healer. But I'm going to call her my friend because we are friends at this point. I believe in my heart. Uh, Dunya Healing on Instagram. So I used to go to her for healing. And in one of the sessions, I was telling her about the anxiety I have and the fear that I have and all these things. And then she was like, she took me through this meditation and then basically uh, going through the journey, seeing anxiety with your eyes, feeling it getting bigger and bigger, and then asking it a question and being like, what gifts do you have for me today? What do you want to tell me? So it was like humanizing this anxiety, humanizing this fear, all these things, but allowing it to tell you what you need. And it sort of tells you and. uh, if you get anxiety from something, if you are fearing something, if you are scared, without, angry at something even, anger is really powerful, man. Angry at something, um, jealous of something, get into a, st- a little state of <clears throat> a little state of calm. Would not you don't even have to just go deeper into that emotion and just be like, what do you need? And then in that stillness and in that deepness in that emotion you find the answer you find why you were anxious and why you're scared and why you're angry at this person wow yeah so powerful so beautiful and it's about accepting it because when you see it and you humanize it and you learn from it you're no longer resisting it you're accepting it and that's our journey i think we were talking it's all about self-acceptance and self-love at the end of the day I think it's for for everyone. Kalhad always starts with acceptance. Like, and it's okay if you're angry at something. Or that your dad tells you, "Don't do this." With your mom, blah blah blah. With your friend, just realize why you're angry, and maybe you shouted at them. Why did you shout at them? Just try to understand where that came from. And I think we saw this with the whole Meghan Markle debacle. How it was just projections, Kilmakan, and it's like, oh my God, the the amount of people talking and their opinions and all these things. And it's like, do you guys see that what you're saying is things that your mom or dad or whoever in your childhood told you that this is not allowed? So now you're using this as a grown human and you're telling everyone else you're not supposed to do this. Well... I'm using it as an example, but yeah, I mean, it's funny. They're also even like the advocation yeah, punishment. You know, like some people were like, "Oh yeah, those people need to uh, suffer." Like it's the same narrative. If you believe that God is punishing you, you will actually then want to punish other people and judge them in the same way. And it's a very harsh way to live. What if you believe that God forgives you and God is a Rahman a Rahim? Uh, which is all merciful what if you remember what if you try to believe that god is uh you know loving you and supporting you rooting for you and then maybe you can actually be that for other people too you know like love and support them and, and wish that uh, to, that they're doing something wrong uh, wish al-hidayah for them not go like oh my god let's like you know punish them 
Yeah, punishment. That was one of the things that really scared me in the beginning. It was the punishment, the punishment, the punishment. If I do anything, I'm punished. If I act this way, I'm punished. If I do this, I'm punished. Um, which is, by the way, I just remembered one important part of the story that I didn't talk about. So during my journey of exploration and, you know, remembering religion, it was actually the the start of the um, my uni journey, my university journey. And during the beginning part of that, I felt punishment and I felt the it's not good for you to be the way you are. And it was almost like this memory that was reserved to me again in my kind of pre-adulthood. And it's like, oh, remember this. This is here again for you. Because it could be as a child, it wasn't dealt with properly. And now it's presented again. And it's like, oh, hey, this is a memory that you have. What are you going to do about it? And it was a situation that happened at home that was like, basically, we don't want you to be the same way you are. So then I was forced to rethink everything. And I'm like, okay, so I'm, I see how this hurts you and I don't want you to get hurt. So I'm not going to do this anymore. But then the moment it started blossoming was when it's like, I'm not really responsible for this. I'm like really, really not. And I can do whatever I want to do. And if you choose to get butthurt over it, then that is your problem. It's not mine. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah, صح. that's a big one. That's, I, th- I feel that's kind of a self-punishment thing, you know? We, we kind of try to be responsible for other people's well-being. Um, and it does not mean... Of course, there's respect and there's love, but there's also self-respect and self-love. And and what's very important to remember is that when you tell those stories of punishment, let's say the creator is punishing, um, sometimes they, they put a lot of visuals in there, you know, like whether it's in Sharh al-Hadith or Sharh al-Ayah or whatever, even just the, the, the advice Sometimes it's a lot of visuals, and as a child, the child is like a sponge, and the child has the ability to have an infinite imagination. So, you know, you're just putting seeds in there that can really be harmful if you are not aware of the impact of those visuals that you're putting in, in the child's mind. And I think that's something that I had to struggle with too, and, and kind of to delete all those images from my head as I learned to you know love love myself and love love the, the the religion and love everything else that i had to go through even accepting my family and loving them with with their beliefs and and their stories so i had to kind of deconstruct all the terror <laughs> from the childhood a maybe because i was also a sensitive uh, child as a, as a healer i always talk to you also about this light workers usually uh, are very sensitive and they also have the ability to go to different places so we need to be able to nurture them um, and, and support them on their journey 100 percent. by the way the process of unlearning is a gigantic one is a gigantic one and it i think you because we went through this in our younger ages it just goes to show that 
you don't really need to focus like you can focus on it for the bigger things best sometimes it's really good to just embrace things and it's uh, really good to just notice things like don't force something to change don't if you realize this is something you need to unlearn just go with the flow it's gonna untangle by itself at some point as you accumulate more information you know I mean, how do you feel now with your journey with Islam? I feel mm, I have a really good relationship, let's say. That's what I feel. Both Alara and Arthur are supporting this. <laughs> I have a really good relationship. I feel like I'm in a really good place where I'm very comfortable with the presence of the light. And I believe the light is very comfortable with the presence of me as well. And we kind of have a really good give and take, you know. Um, I have a question. I get the answer. They need an answer. Oh, yeah, they need an answer. Give it to them. Um, and I kind of know what I need to do. I don't need to dig deeper without follow any rules. I'm making up my own thing as I go. And the basis of my whole thing is just be good. That's, that's all there is to it, basically. But you can't actually be good completely until you start working on yourself and starting to heal, basically. Because when I remember myself and I'm like, yeah, that was the journey. That was the beginning of my enlightenment. Sorry, I couldn't hear you. Oh, yeah. So I remember the Arthur and Alara, I mean, you mentioned them. And I think maybe that's a teaser for... The next podcast, maybe, I don't know, but it's, it has to do with the divine masculine and the divine feminine. And I love how you mentioned how both relate to Islam. And I'm wondering, like, with me, with my narrative, with my story, where I am right now, it's something to reflect on, because I feel like maybe the feminine part of me is... is Maybe it's, it's happier or the masculine is happier. So I need to kind of also find so that truth in the context of Islam. And that's something that I'm going to have to dig deeper in. And that's where I am. I like that I'm, I'm still exploring and I'm still diving deeper into the spiritual teachings and learnings uh, with Islam and with other religions. And I'm enjoying it. It's such a beautiful journey. I love this. I love this for us because it's continuous. It's not going to stop. We're not here saying and you know, we are the enlightened ones and we saw it. We saw the light. We're still working on it. We're just telling you guys what, what we saw and how we felt, you know. And we're still learning and we're still working on it. The dark night of the soul thing, it, it's, it's, not, it's not a one-time thing. So I feel I, I went through it a few times, not just one time. Um, that one time was the biggest, best, even last year, maybe with COVID and with everything happening around the world. Or I also went through one, and I'm, I mean, I'm ex mentally prepared for it in case you know I go through it again. But at least now I know, and I'm supported, and and my faith is helping me through it, and that's a big like shift. I think the your journey is like um, it's this little thing. It's never really a straight line. It's always like going up and down, and then 
what I it's see. Evan like, Flo. It's like cum- yeah. <gasps> it's your name. <laughs> yes, it's Evan Flo. Marat. مرات أقول يمكن لأني مسمية my concept Evan Flow I'm going through this maybe I need to change it into something more like linear بس لا الحياة فيها مد جزر الحياة will always have that and as long as I continue to be alive I will have to go through this and I think can we say that it is inevitable for us to go through another dark night of the soul I think it is صح Yeah, because only then you can, can you embrace more light. But the thing is, when you go through the dark night of the soul, do you feel supported or do you feel alone? Do you feel there's a, a light at the end of the tunnel? Or la la? Every time it becomes easier, it becomes maybe faster. You go through it faster. You have more support system. Soul family show up like you. <laughs> well, we're here, soul fam. We're here. <laughs> 